if you are in one of those dark places, congratulations. Not because I want you in pain. I don't. But it means that you are already on the edge. You're already on the verge. It is so much easier uh, to do this process when it's available to you because we we want to light up your neurology. We want you to feel everything because that's when your brain, and I'm going to be all sciencey here, your brain will have the neuroplasticity that we can reprogram it. Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hope. This is where you get to hear how to feel happy, balanced, and worthwhile. How to make that lonely ache vanish and feel empowered, confident, and secure. I'm Lauren Abrams, and I get to help you feel that magic again since going through my own dark night of the soul by chatting with incredible leaders, healers, and elders who give us their message of hope after overcoming challenges of their own. Today, we're talking to the amazing money and magic manifester extraordinaire, Morgana Ray. Do you ever wonder why money flows effortlessly to some people and not to others? Ready to have money flow to you? Have you ever looked at your relationship with money the way you do your other relationships? That's how Morgana coaches you and teaches you to turn your life around with money. She's been making money fall in love with people for years as a money coach. She's also clearly in the relationship business because she's married her husband around 25 times all over the world, which is just so much fun. She's here today helping you manifest more magic and money in your life. Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hope, Morgana. Oh my God, I love that introduction, especially because you spoke about the dark night of the soul. And I've been there. I know what that's like. I also know really intimately what it feels like to despair of ever making money doing what you love and what you're gifted at. You know, it, it seems like it should be a no brainer, like you're good at it, you help people, and you should get paid. But I also know from my own experience in coaching thousands of people that that is so often not the case, especially with healer types and do-gooders and carers. And then I went down that same like rabbit hole, dark night of the soul in love and used the same approach actually to change my relationship with love that I used to change my relationship with money. And I met my husband two months later. And he was the one who came up with the idea to get married 100 times in 100 countries. And by the way, I was 45 when I met him. I was 47 when I got married for the first time in my life. So I'm a late bloomer. And it's worth the wait for the right person. If only, if only I had believed that all those years that I was searching. But oh, my God, the right person is worth the wait. And the right relationship with money, the right relationship with life is something that you can turn on at any time in your life. Okay, that was chock full of so much information right there. <laughs> There's your dark night of the soul. There was, okay, how did you use your money relationship to get to work on yourself to meet your husband? We'll start just with that. And also then I'm like, wait, you must have met Ariel Ford. <laughs> I and, am... Friends with Ariel Ford. Yeah, okay, good. So I figured there we Love had to have her. that Ariel Ford. Yeah, Ariel and Brian are amazing. And um, she was I, a guest on my podcast. Yeah, she's been she's been on this one as well. <laughs> she was great. She said this is the best time to date ever because you could ask people questions you could never ask pre-pandemic. Anyway, so well, and just being a grown-up is you know you can ask questions and be yourself. And the per if the person isn't the right person, you're you know we just. 
I'm 54. I met my husband when I was 45. And there's just a certain point in your life where you realize, I can't waste two years on the wrong person another 20 times. So you really just like start to get more courageous. I did. And also being a coach for so many years gave me sort of the superpowers of nosiness where I felt totally cool saying, so why did you get divorced? (laughs) To the man who's now my husband. I'm his second wife. 25 times over. But I was like, yeah. And his answer is a lot of why we're here together today was he had such kindness and admiration in his what everything he has ever said about his ex-wife. You know, he has to this day never, ever trashed her. I've met her. She's lovely. And, you know, it the worst thing that can happen is you find out that you don't like a person when you ask them that nosy question for the information that you need to see if this person is your person. Yeah. I didn't even know how I got on that. T- it, it was the aerial okay. force. Yeah, yeah. Prob- probably. Okay. So you're a dark night of the soul. Oh, here's which one? Let's start with the money because that touches everything. So this was back in 2003. And I had been coaching a lot of movie stars and producers and directors to get their first TV shows, get their first, you know, films or sell their first films. And I and I already had a sort of a mountain of testimonials and I had all these coaching certifications and I'm I'm like I'm a good student, Ivy League, National Merit Scholar, like you give me a class, I'll take it, I'll do what I'm told. Yeah, good girl. And, and I was taking all these classes on marketing and selling and all that kind of the stuff. None of it was working. Me, and let me tell you what not working means is that even though I had all these testimonials and I was good at marketing and I had the website and the tagline and the business cards and the certifications and all of the trainings, I was living in Los Angeles and making $100 a month. And that is not an easy thing to pull off when you're really qualified. It was like I had superpowers of money repulsion that no class and no vision board and no mantra and nothing I did could overcome. And I was taking everybody's classes and doing everything I was told and going to weird, wacky healers and working with great coaches and taking great classes. And it didn't matter. At my low point, I was making $100 a month living in one of the most expensive cities in the world. So I'm sharing this with you. I am like proudly the poster child of failure here. And I hope that I'm like, you know, winning this competition, you know, with anybody watching who's like, oh, no, no, I'm I'm the worst. No, no, no. I, I still claim that mantle. And here's the thing. Like, I can joke about it now because it's been a couple decades and a few million dollars since then. But I had just finished taking a class on sales. I kept, not only was I not making money, but I was rolling money at all these classes. And I was taking the classes. And I remember I took a class on overcoming sales objections. And if you don't know what that means, it's like, there are people who will teach you what to say. If somebody says, oh, I'd love to, but I can't afford it or I don't have time. I don't even remember what you're supposed to say. But at that time, I had all these scripts 
and I was a good little student and I would plug in the magic words and they would work. And then the client wouldn't show up seven times in a row. Clients didn't show up and I didn't get paid doing everything, everything, every teacher, every coach, everybody told me to do every proven system like God, ugh, you know, just gag, you know, proven system. I would do all of these proven systems and I would fail anyway. And I, after that seventh no show, I lost it. I just, as, as my husband would say, I didn't know him at the time, but I love this, this metaphor. The wheels came off the cart and I just ran out of hope. And it's, it's, you know, hope is like our fuel. And when you run out, it's like the rug is pulled out from under you and you just, you're out. And I remember being in my little apartment bedroom, pulling the blackout curtains, like turning the room into a, you know, little crypt, blackout crypt, getting on my bed, laying down and wailing, wailing and screaming and just crying my heart out. I was so angry and frightened and hurt, despairing, just grieving for my dream of making a living, just a damn living. I wasn't trying to even be rich. I just wanted to support myself. And it felt like this cruel joke after a lifetime of thinking that it was going to be easy because I was an A student and everybody told me, do well in school and you'll do great in life. Ah, what a lie. So I just, I felt hated by the universe. I hated the universe back and I didn't want to be here. I just, I was like, I finally knew what I was here to do. I had a gift. Miracles happened when I coached people. Actors with no credits booked primetime hit TV series, won awards. First time directors were selling their movies. I had this magic touch and I couldn't make money at it. And I loved what I did and I knew I was good at it. And it felt like a cruel joke and I did not want to be alive. And it was a really bad, bad place to be. Frightening. How am I going to survive? So what did you do about it? Well, the doing came a little later. First, when I cried myself out, it was like I opened up to a little bit of intuition. And I heard the voice in the back of my head, and I'm sure you all have some version of this voice. You know what I'm talking about. And, and the voice was something along the lines of, well, maybe money needs to be my next area of spiritual growth. And I have to come clean and say, that is such a cheat. Because I'm from Southern California, and like spirituality is easy for us. But the idea was, well, since... I'm way more comfortable being spiritual than making money. Maybe if I made money spiritual, maybe then I could sneak it into my life. So, but there's also a lot of truth to money needed to be my next area of spiritual growth. If I wanted to help people, part of the ability to help people was I had to clean up my own financial house so that I was available to help people and not distracted so my attention could be on the person that I want to serve and instead of my own, oh my God, I need to survive. And then the, the second thought came was kind of this curiosity. I wonder what is inside of me that can't be with money. 
because consciously I was doing everything I was supposed to do. And that was not showing up in my results. And I, I just had this hunch, something that I don't know is inside of me pushing it away. I wonder what that is. And the next day I had my next call with my coach. So here I am not making money, enough money to pay rent, much less all the classes I was taking. And the classes I was taking were out of town. So I was flying out of town every couple of weeks to take a class to not make money. Right. And I had my coach and I have to say, thank God, because I wouldn't be here if I didn't have the right coach at the right moment. And he had this strange, out of the blue, unexpected, intuitive hit. And he asked me the question that changed my life. So this is, this is where you really want to lean in because the question he asked was, if your money was a person, who would your money be? And lucky for me, I was in that dark night of the soul because it wouldn't have happened if I wasn't there. And if you're not there, it just means we have to dig a little bit deeper. But if you are in one of those dark places, congratulations. Not because I want you in pain. I don't. But it means that you are already on the edge. You're already on the verge. It is so much easier uh, to do this process when it's available to you because we we want to light up your neurology. We want you to feel everything because that's when your brain, and I'm going to be all sciencey here, your brain will have the neuroplasticity that we can reprogram it. It's like we can, when, when you're like, <gasps> and you're having a full body experience, that's when we can like scratch the record and lay down a new track that states. It's not easy to make a dramatic life change when it's just an intellectual exercise. So I know that lots of coaches out there love to have like a list of limiting beliefs and you can go, oh yeah, mm -mm. and you're just not engaged and that doesn't change things. And I'm a drama queen, obviously. So I like dramatic results. I like the results like the client who was hundreds of thousands of dollars into student debt, who now is the creator of Latina Wall Street and is on the Forbes Business Council and just was filmed on on Latin America's number one TV show. You know, I I love I love that kind of stuff. So here's what you do. <laughs> you know, I think it's also like we can hear what we can hear. Yeah. I mean, your coach said this to you and to me that just it resonates so much. Well, it's it interesting just... because when I started to do this with my own clients, because on the other side of the process that I love to teach, that I'm known for, four people hired me the next day at double what I'd ever charged before. And they kept coming and coming and coming. And I started having wait lists and group coaching. And I charge a lot now. Jeez. And I don't have to do any manipulation, any scarcity tactics. I just don't. All I do is I state my fee and my clients know. And it, it's easy. It's like, it's like soft butter. I'm really, I recoil against pressure techniques. It's not my value system. But I had to grow big enough in myself and have 
a really different relationship with money to be able to create that. And it didn't happen. Well, it happened overnight, but the dollar amounts evolved over time. So, oh, but the reason I brought that up is because when I started doing this with clients and figuring out how to make it work for other people, I invited my coach to be a business partner with me. And, and he said, no, he said that it was just like a one-time thing with me and it only worked on me and never worked on anybody else. So this was really my work in the world. But by the way, his name is Chuck Allen. He's a great coach. I love him. You can look him up, you know, lots of, lots of kudos to him. So I, I act, I usually don't name him, but I don't know why not. You know, he's a great coach. So. <laughs> but this is but this process it was your path <laughs> it was my path because in all honesty the first few times I tried it with other people and I wasn't marking it at all for another year or two but when you have coaches or sorry when you have clients and your clients are human beings the likelihood that they have money issues is extremely high so I wanted to help them with that. So I would try the thing that worked for me. And then I go, huh, why didn't it work for them like it did for me? Oh, and I would find out what needs to happen for the transformation to happen and then the results to happen. Uh, so that's one of the one of the secrets. And I just try to give away everything I can think of in the time we have. So are, you've been doing this a long time. Do you still teach money and relationships the same way? Has it evolved over time, over years? It's radically evolved. I just, every client, and I've been doing this since early 2003, this, I've been coaching since 94, but this in particular, I've been coaching since March, 2003. And every client teaches me something new, which is, wonderful. And I, and I do my, we were talking about this before the interview, I do my money goddess retreat for a handful of women, like really, really just one week of diving deep with between four and eight women. And until this year, I always did it in Bali because of, you know, this is Bali. Yeah. I know. And, and there's something about going a really long distance and being away from home that is super duper conducive to creating a pattern interrupt in life change. And it's Bali, which I love. So, but in these retreats, I've had women from South Africa and Kazakhstan and Thailand, Germany and Peru and every continent except South Africa. I've, I've had retreats where I was the only English as a first language person in the room. Haiti, real, just love, you know, just lots of different places. This year, we've got someone from Israel and someone from, I think it's pronounced Sal Lucia in the Caribbean. But I had a year where the client from Kazakhstan didn't even spoke so little English that I wasn't even sure if it was going to work. And that I'm, and the reason I, sometimes I tell a story and I forget why I'm telling it, but it was going back to learning something from every client. I learned how little the words actually matter. It's first of all, when, when we're digging deep to do the process and I'll explain what I mean, I like to start with the root cause, you know, what, 
what are the wounds behind the money issues that cu- that cause the money issues? You will never find the root cause of the money problem in money itself. It's always right. the stuff right. that money represents. Yeah. And it doesn't matter whether whether what my client is telling me is factually true or not doesn't matter because it's emotionally true and it's having a true effect on their lives. And then I got to the point where, wow, it doesn't even matter if we understand the words, I can understand the emotion and the energy of the person in front of me and I can change that. And, and my Kazakhstan woman, it worked. It worked. Because oh. over time, you just, you, you know, anything you do thousands of times, you get better at. Now, you have a whole podcast on midlife love. You're, you have a podcast, Crazy Sexy Midlife Love. And you've just, you mentioned a little while ago, you got when you met your husband and you got married and you have a thing where you get married in all these different countries a whole bunch of times. And I love that you celebrate love. Do these, do your money and your relationship to money and then celebrating love, does all that, does it, it it's got to tie together. Oh, it's so tied together. I believe that every money issue is a love issue if you dig deep enough. So I, to, to have money in my life, I had to make it safe. And I didn't recognize that it wasn't safe until my coach said, if money were a person, who would your money be? And I was in such a dark, painful, wounded, beat up place that like my money in that moment was this big, scary, dirty, violent biker who terrified me. And I never knew that I felt that way about money until that moment, like why I never knew that I felt that way. But when I saw that money was this scary guy, suddenly my results made sense because your unconscious is where all your results come from because it never sleeps and it's 24 seven, no matter what you're doing on the conscious level. So you have to get them on the same team. And I knew that if money was this guy, I could never have it in my life because it was dangerous. And there were very real and good reasons for me to push it away. Conflicts, childhood stuff, all that. That's like the first step is uncovering the why and then personifying it into a person because that makes it visible and makes it changeable. We know how to relate to people a lot more real. The relationship becomes real when we make it a person. It's no longer some sort of abstract concept, intellectual concept. So I had to get rid of the biker, which created a new problem because I live in LA and I just got rid of my only relationship with money. And I needed somebody safe and desirable enough that I could have that person in my life, even if it was money, because I still felt so like wounded and scared of this money person. So I needed something really different. And I asked myself, who could I want in my life so much that I would want this person, even if it's money? And then this tall, dark, handsome, romantic young man, imaginary, popped into my mind in tuxedo, red flowers, in love with me, safe, sweet, wanted to woo me. And I thought, whoa, that's weird. Wow. Like, cool, but weird because I'd never thought of money loving me or wanting me or wooing me. And it's a very safe, non-aggressive, just like sweet, romantic guy. And I could also feel how much I had been breaking his heart for years, pushing him away when he wanted to be with me, which gave me a sense of how much power I have. And when I say I, I mean you, because you have a body. 
So when we feel like money is calling the shots, that's a monster. And that's what we want to get rid of. Anything that makes you feel unlovable, unworthy, unsafe, not good enough, anything you've been ashamed of, anything that makes you feel powerless, that goes into the root cause. That's step one. And when you build up enough of it that it's like, ah, then it's this huge leap of imagination. So if this were a person, what would this person feel like? Is is the temperature hot or cold? What does it smell like? Is it male or female? What does he say to you? You know, and then maybe what do his hands look like, his teeth, his eyes, his hair, his clothing? And then we flesh, then you can see him. And then you can go, ew, not in my life. Thank you. Bye. And you get rid of him. And that's step three. And just whipping you through the process really quickly. And the connection to love will make sense in a nanosecond. On the other side, when the monster is gone, all that is, all that exists is love. So it's more like this like relationship with love that we call money because money is this area that needs our love and our healing so that we can thrive because money affects everything. So we call this the money honey and it works best as a lover archetype. Now, I've coached a lot of people who have sexual trauma. And if you can't start with someone sexy, that's fine. That's fine. Start with something that feels safe, feels like a partner, not somebody that's going to rescue you because then you're back in a money monster dynamic. We want a partner where you have the power and your money, honey, adores you, loves you, chooses you over everybody else on planet Earth. You don't have to do anything to earn the love. And that is your money, honey. And you're like, I dig you and I feel safe with you and I want to be with you. That's step four. Step five is then you have a conversation. What do you need from me so you can stay with me? Which is a very, very, very different question than what do you need from me so you can love me? The love is already there. If it's not, it's a monster. Get rid of it. Start over. But you have the power. So what do you need from me so you can stay with me? The ball is in your court. And then you have this amazing access to your highest intuition without any of your neuroses. And your money, honey, will tell you. And the stuff your money, honey, will tell you is all stuff that's really good for you because your happiness is what really turns your money, honey, on. Your self-worth, your self-value, your integrity, your authenticity, your ability to love yourself are all things that are so attracted to your money, honey. And guess what? To cash. Who knew? And then finally... You make a, a deal like it's if your money, honey, says, I want you to love yourself. You're like, great. I can do that sometimes and sometimes not so much. So we want to make it really easy for you. And step number six is six is take a concrete, measurable action that demonstrates to you and your money, honey, that this relationship has changed. Doesn't matter what it is. It can be getting a pedicure. And if it turns your money, honey, on, go for it. And I'm really, really serious because I have had clients whose money, honey, said get a pedicure and they got a pedicure and they and they received thousands of dollars. And I love stuff that doesn't make sense. Yes. So how does that relate to love? Well, By the way, if anybody, all of this will be on the website and Morgana has written books on this and, and we'll have all of her links on the website. So don't worry. Yeah. You have to take notes. Keep driving. Drive safe. Uh, yeah. I, I, Just walk. Enjoy whatever you're doing. I am cram. I'm trying to cram in 20 years of content into five minutes 
No. Okay. How's it related Don't, to love is where you left off. Right. Yeah. You do not have to master it. You can come back. I have many more resources. You can take your time. I'm just trying to, I'm, I'm trying to give, I'm, I'm just trying to give you some context here. So how money relates to love. First, in my life, my money, honey, during all those years that I was single, my money, honey, would actually say to me, hold out for someone who loves me as much as I do to me. He told me that I had, I could only pick someone who loved me. I could only pick a human, honey, who would love me as much as my money, honey, does. And because he wanted me to be happy and be loved. There came a point that's so like humiliating to share this, but I'm so okay sharing it anyway, where I would find myself teaching my relationship with money stuff and talking about how when you're doing everything you're supposed to be doing and you aren't getting the results that you should be getting, on some level, you are protecting yourself from what you want and you are not a failure. You're just very, very successful at protecting yourself from a real threat. The problem is you want it and you need it and protecting yourself is, is not serving you. But we need to find out why it's dangerous so we can make it safe. And here I'm saying this over and over and over again, looking, looking, looking for years for my love. And I had that, oh, crap moment where I realized that's what I'm doing with love. I'm protecting myself from love. I have to do the damn same thing with my relationship with love. So I created a love monster. And I slayed my love monster. And I met my husband two months later. And it gets worse. My husband and my money, honey, say the same stuff. It's like they gang up on me. And they say stuff like, you know, those people don't like you. They just want your mailing list. Be, you know, respect yourself more. Choose better friends. You know, just like... I. They just, it's so annoying. <laughs> They're like, they just want the best for me and they gang up on me with love. And it's, I, it's annoying, but it's also the best thing in the world. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, to gang up on you with love, how great is that? Oh, yeah, I can see my husband talk to me and then I can hear my, I could just like see my money, honey, behind him laughing because my money, honey, has been telling me this. And now my husband is like, maybe I should get the message. And, and it's just, it's good to be loved. When I met my husband and we started dating, I already had really, really dramatic results with clients making. It's really not unusual at all for someone listening, just even to something like this, to send me an email and say, I listened, I did this, and I made $10,000 out of the blue. Like the $10,000 number comes up all the time. And I've also had emails of $100,000. But what happened after I fell in love with my husband is my coaching clients started making millions. More often, more millions, and faster. So there's this kind of mojo of love that exists things, not just for me, but for my clients too. Yeah, of course. The vibration's been raised and yeah, of course, that totally makes sense. So you have now let's get to your crazy, sexy 
midlife love and I don't want to miss I didn't want to say your podcast wrong but I love the midlife love and how you get married and you all over the world and renew your vows or married I don't know you tell me I don't want to a hundred percent my husband's idea I was 47 I was leading my money goddess retreat in Bali and it had just finished and my husband was on a photo safari in South Africa so he would have to get up at like two o'clock in the morning and have a Sherpa accompany him through the brush where he was almost eaten by a lion just so he could talk to me on a bad Skype connection for five minutes, right? And in what we had a, you know, a couple weeks of these conversations and the retreat was over. And we had a week of these really uncomfortable con conversations where my husband would start the conversation going, I don't think I'm the right man for you because I'd be like, yeah. And then and then and he would tell me all of his all of his concerns and insecurities and anxieties. And then he would finish the conversation going, you know what, I'm only having this conversation with you because I care about you and I want this to work. And I'd be like, yeah. and then it would start over the next day. And this happened five days in a row. But on the fifth day, instead of why we should break up, he was like, I think we should get married. And I was like, I, it was like I had to was screw on my head straight because of the whiplash. And I had known that he was the, we'd been together for maybe 18 months. And I knew six months in that he was the one. I just knew. I felt safe with him. It was clear. And I made a decision when he asked, I would say yes and never worried about it. I thought it would take him another four years. So then I freaked out because it was so much sooner than I expected. But I said yes. I flew home from Bali, picked him up from South Africa the next day, and we eloped. Like the most wow. anti, it was like we eloped, no witnesses, nothing, just eh, done. Oh, Check I wasn't off that expecting you to say that. And that was not, that, that was I, really surprising. I was 47. I did not want the hassle of like, oh my God booking the banquet room and uh, it just seems so stressful. If you're 20 and your mommy and daddy are doing it, that's one thing. But I didn't want to do all the work. I just wanted to elope and be married, happily married to the, you know, to the love of my life. But then two weeks later, my husband had a photo assignment in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico. And he wrote to them saying, hey, listen, I just got married. Can I bring my wife? And they said, sure, make it a honeymoon. And we had the honeymoon suite with the most amazing view of my life. And they sent us on sunset wine cruises and massages. And then they dropped us off in the center of Puerto Vallarta and said, have fun. And we were walking by their iconic cathedral, Our Lady of Guadalupe. And my husband was thinking, well, there were some things that I didn't say the first time we got married in, you know, two weeks ago. Oh, uh, and, and he thought, oh, wouldn't it be funny if we got married again? So he said to me, hey, you want to get married again? And I said, yeah, sure, absolutely. And we walked into this cathedral, sweaty and filthy, greasy from a massage, dirty from, you know, walking all over town and went to the front of the cathedral, took off our rings and made up new vows. And this time, because I'd been married for 13 days, so I had a little bit of experience, it landed so much deeper. It felt so much more real. And we had all these witnesses in the pews and they started cheering and I was tearing up and he saw that it really meant something to me. And that's 
when he decided, let's do this everywhere. And a day later, he proposed 100 weddings in 100 countries. And that was an easy yes. And by the way, for anyone who's doing this, I mean, we have to do Please, this. please, please. It's uh, honestly 25 weddings. And we've had castles and pageants. And we've had like 40 Mayan dancers in Mexico. And so all is of that. Do you Less just walk in anywhere? Than one. Do you yeah. just walk in? Yes, you can walk in. We've also been thrown weddings. Like I would get an email from from an event planner in Canada saying, hey, if you speak at our event, we'll marry you. Or Mexico, if you speak at our event, we'll marry you. So we've had some really fancy, and my husband is a travel writer, so Turkey flew us to Turkey, put us in, uh, they married us in this like 700-year-old house and courtyard, put us in costumes, and I rode in on a horse, and the Minister of Culture married us on on network television in Turkey. So we've had we've had some wild uh if you go to crazy sexy com, you can actually see a three minute trailer with our first eleven weddings. And some of them are fancy and some of them are like, hey you, will you just read this script and marry us in the lobby? And all of it, all of it is good because really all that matters is the two people getting married and our vows because the prize is not the wedding. Even though we're getting married a hundred times, the prize is not the wedding. The prize is the relationship. And we get married over and over again because every time we get married, we have more information and we choose each other anyway. It's like, I know more about my husband's flaws. I know more about his vulnerabilities. I know more about who he is and I choose him. And it's more real every time. It's deeper. It's richer. I think it's a great relationship practice. Do you have regular practices you do uh, or practices you do on a regular basis? You're nodding yes already. You know, like, okay, oh, so, yeah. Okay. What are the, what are those? So some of my favorite things to do are on a daily basis. I like to practice preemptive gratitude. It's very, very easy. I was like raised to expect the worst. So what we do is we rehearse for the worst and then we're unprepared for the best. So I like to practice preemptive gratitude for what I want to have happen because I believe it sort of lubricates the wheels of the universe for what I want happening. I also, I like to write because I'm very kinesthetic, but you know, it, however works for you, works for you. There is no right way, but I like to write down anything that's challenging me, any negative beliefs I have. And then what does my money honey say? Oh, because that, and by the way, it's like you need, sometimes you need that fuel. So having those negative beliefs or challenges is like, it kind of gives your money, honey, something to do, (laughs) to respond to. And that, and, and that's where the, you know, best wisdom and breakthroughs happen is when you can like come up with some terrible, terrible metaphor here, but some fertilizer yeah. for the roses. I, I totally understand. And the way you describe your gratitude, your, I, I don't want to put words in your mouth. Instead of a gratitude list, you're speaking in terms of being like if you were single saying, I'm so grateful and thankful that my soulmate is here now. It, is it that sort of a gratitude um, or do you mean a gratitude list? Well, I love gratitude lists. My my book, okay, visual plug, 
Hello, <laughs> Financial Alchemy, 12 Months of Magic and Manifestations. Yes, yes. You can get on Amazon. And if you get it on Amazon, insider tip, go to my website, go to the book page, drop in your name, email address, and the receipt number to get an extra top secret bonus on top of the one that's inside the book. Nobody, nobody just getting it on Amazon knows about that. But so, yeah, I like gratitude lists. I love those. But this is... I am grateful for, and I don't put it in the present tense because it's not true. Like if my guy isn't here, I don't want to lie to myself because that creates a disconnect. But if I, I love to give gratitude. Like the easiest one is I am grateful for the amazing things that are going to happen that I don't know about. Or I am great. I um, you know, thank you for the great day that I'm going to have. Oh my, I am grateful for today's upcoming yoga class. I am grateful for the two ideal clients that I'm going to book this month. And, you know, just be honest about it's in the future, but it's also great to have a great future. Yeah. I'm grateful for all the miracles that I'm open that are happening in my life. That are coming. Like, the big money breakthrough, the big romantic breakthrough. I'm grateful for my next wedding. Yeah, just whatever. Put it there. Uh, there was a study in Wales years ago about affirmations uh, that affirmations made people feel worse. Because if you're 300 pounds and you're affirming that you're thin, it just magnifies the gap and people felt worse about themselves. So we don't want to lie to ourselves. But what we do want to do is we want to open a door to the direction that we're going. And that's, and that's part of going in that direction to say, this is where I'm aiming. Universe, just letting you know, this is where I'm aiming. And then just like the sixth step in financial alchemy, the process that I raced you through is concrete measurable action of, uh, I believe that if you want to see real world physical results, you want to take real world physical action because it changes you and it kind of lets the universe know you're serious and there's an energy to doing an action. So you take actions that support what you're grateful for. So you don't just sit on the couch and go, oh, million dollars, million dollars, and wait for your money, honey, to go get it for you because that doesn't evolve you and that's not why we're here on earth. And I was taught, and I've said this before, sorry if you've heard this before from me, but I was taught God doesn't drive park cars. He can't sit in the corner and go, I want this or I want that. That's my truncated way of saying what you just said so eloquently. And, and I actually have my palms open so I can receive everything you're saying. Yeah. So what do you do about people who are like, oh, come on, Morgana, that's just a bunch of, or do you not even attract those kind of people or come into contact with them anymore after all these years? Oh, those people exist and they're not my people. And I think that if you aren't repelling anybody, you aren't doing your job. Because then there's no definition to you. I'm really not supposed to be for everybody. But the thing is, the people that I am for know who they are and they're passionate. So I don't have to, I don't have to convince them. I don't have to sell to them. And if I find myself convincing, that's like back off. That's not, that's not my job in the world. I have been a top person in e-commerce for a lot of years, which is yeah. ridiculous to me because I consider myself a terrible salesperson. 
because I I get all, all the all the like technique. You we were we were joking about this the proven systems and funnels and all that kind of stuff. It's not that I'm against funnels. I'm against manipulation because it doesn't feels, feel good. Yeah, it's not my value system and my money, honey, has my values. So we don't make money, 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 honey, and I. I don't make money. If I don't feel good about something, if if I don't get to feel like a great person and feel like Santa Claus and and it's a person I love and it's a person who wants me, it's just not going to happen. So but I, I've been in a bunch of high level masterminds like I would win spots in masterminds with a bunch of guys like big name e-commerce guys who a lot of people are really into and some of them just don't get me and they I, I was at one where the host like mocked what I do and called it like money honey bunny and didn't get it at all but the funny thing is while he was mocking me there was some woman that I didn't know walking behind me going oh my god Morgana Ray I love your stuff so I'm not for the guy but I'm for the other person. And it's a lot easier if I just let people know what they want. Yeah. And so, yeah, it totally hurts when people make fun of me. <laughs> Life is okay. Yeah, I just, I just watched somebody live streaming my friend's wedding and all these people were commenting and saying stuff because she's a public figure. I went, oh my God, I don't think I can handle all this. <laughs> Looking at what... Some people are saying such nice things, but then you've also got the other and oh my gosh. Well, here's a tip, especially if you have a YouTube channel is put all the comments on that setting where you can check it before it goes live. So if somebody isn't saying, you can just delete it and never see it again. But I kid you not, this week I got an email from a fan and I'm, I don't even know who she is because I just see her email address and her online, you know, handle. But I, I'm not sure who the person is. I don't think we've ever met, but she's been following my stuff. And she was telling me just by using my stuff without me about all these really, really wonderful things happening in her life, which I get so turned on by And then she told me that she attended a teleclass of another coach who will not be named, a younger, newer coach who was ripping off my material and trash talking me for the first 10 minutes of her webinar. And I took a look at the person's website and, and her ethos, her whole mode is like so different than mine that I'm really not worried. Like there are intellectual property issues and I always protect my intellectual property. But because you were talking about the naysayers, this girl is just so young and foolish. First of all, she's giving me so much free publicity and she's churning off the people who know me. Like the woman who wrote to me could have been, might've been a customer, but was so like turned off by this woman didn't understand my work and then had to attack me. And I've never even met that person. And, you know, that is just doing business in public. And again, be you, be you and people will, your people will sort for you. Absolutely. Always. Yeah. 
I was just on something yesterday and, and that was the message always. Just be yourself. Don't try to be anybody else and, and to listen. If people need someone to listen. Yeah. The more you can go into the specifics of your story and your values, the better. But always make it about the people you're here to serve. And I like to say your wealth is in your weirdness. Don't be vanilla. There's just a lot of vanilla. Yeah. You're the only other person I've heard use that term vanilla. I use it in the legal arena a lot. Like I don't use vanilla mediators. I don't use vanilla this. I I don't usually use it, but it's, it's nice to hear somebody else use that term. Do you have a message of hope? Oh, sorry. You have something you wanted to say. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, it's clients are so much like dating. Like don't be with the guy who doesn't adore you. Ladies, ladies, if you like a guy, don't text him, don't call him, don't chase him. Uh, you will, and I learned this from my friend Evan Mark Katz, who's a dating coach. Oh, I coach. know Evan. I love Evan. Oh, Evan's great. He was on, yeah, we ended up in like a whole different discussion, but I love Evan too. Yeah. 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 Uh, and But I, I learned that from him too. Yeah. Like if you want to know how a guy feels about you, do nothing. And if he digs you, he'll be calling you and texting mm -hmm. you and asking you out. And it's it's like your people, the people who make fun of you or the people who dig you. It's just like dating. It's not your job to trick somebody into liking you. You know, they they your job is to just sort for the people who dig you and benefit from you, whether it's dating or clients. And it's a vast, vast ocean. And it may not feel like that when you're starting your business or the money is tight. So use all of the hurt, all of the rejection, all of the fear, all of the scarcity, and put that into the root cause of your money monster. Make all the worst things that ever happened in your life and in the world, make them go to work for you. You've already like been through the experience. You paid the price of admission. And now you get to use it like a slingshot. And it's sort of the, there's, I know a lot of law of attraction type coaches in the world are like, oh no, don't have any like bad vibes or the sky will fall. And I'm like, no, what you want to do is you want to go into like as deep and loud as you can into everything that doesn't belong because it's like a slingshot and it creates the tension that you need to catapult you way over into what you want. So you want that polarity. There's a magic stretchiness to it. So if you have those experiences, you get to use them and you get to use them for the rest of your life. You don't have to be tortured by them. But whenever you want to break through, you can just dip back into that and catapult yourself again. Yeah, definitely. So what I started to ask you is if you have a message of hope that you want to give. I think that was it. Okay, I do too. I have. Is there anything I should have asked you that I didn't ask you? Anything I, you can think of? I really, I think you were thorough. <laughs> okay, I thought I you asked I, great yeah. questions. Yeah, I can't. I don't okay. know. I don't know. Okay. Was just, there anything left that you wanted to ask that fell out, fell out of your brain? No. Is there anything that people really misunderstand about you? Uh huh. I don't know. I think okay. you're pretty you, but go ahead. Something came to you. Yeah. I saw that. People who don't know me and don't really know my work will mistake me for a law of attraction coach. And no dispersion on law of attraction coaches. That's just not me or my path. I think law of attraction people really 
like my work, but I come from, I have a degree in religion, you know, and I come from a real sort of more like whole person. There's the academic part and there's the what works part, but I'm really, really practical. I am so unprepared for this question, but the thing is, is what I do is not fluffy. That first part of uncovering the money monster, and I go into it way, way deeper in other places because we covered a lot more territory than I usually do on these interviews be, because of you. Thank you. It's not fluffy stuff. And that's, that's why the results are dramatic. And don't, you're not here to traumatize yourself. And you're not here to push yourself too far or do anything unsafe. So you go as deep as you can safely. And you can, in my experience, go deeper in the presence of another human being who will not interfere, will not try to pop you out of it, will not try to coach you through it, who doesn't know how to do this. But just having a human witness who will just silently witness you going through your process does make it safer to go deeper and come back just because they're like a safety line. But know your limits. Don't traumatize yourself. Don't dissociate. Uh, we're here to be kind to ourselves and love ourselves more and create an abundance of money and love and health and legacy through love. And that's what all this work is about. That's a good place to end. I love that. Thank you so much for being a guest today on 52 Weeks of Hope, Morgana. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode and take with you Morgana's messages to tap into your magic, your inner knowing, and to trust your guidance. Such great messages for us to take into our week ahead. If you're not sure exactly how to do that, drop me a line at the website 52weeksofhope.com. I also have a free ebook on the website 52 Weeks of Hope of how to be your best self now and to take a look at that. There's simple exercises in there to help you get to your own inner truth. Be sure to tune in next week for a special guest, Jen Poulsen. Jen's been helping women for the past 10 years overcome that negative, sabotaging self-talk and past trauma that gets in the way of your success. She gives you immediate cures to your success and that's next week. You don't want to miss that. She's just great, full of really good information. Thank you so much for listening. Please tell two of your friends about the podcast as well as leave us a positive review. I'm Lauren Abrams. Thanks for listening.